you for choosing to listen to this message. Prepare to be transformed by God's undiluted word. But for the rest of my time today, that, that, that will be next Sunday, we'll deal with Sabak Tanin. But for today, let's just read a few scriptures that will help you to see that you cannot independently make reference to the recreated human spirit. It's a union. It's a God-man establishment together. So let's begin our journey. John 14. I will actually encourage you in the course of this week to take the whole stretch from John 13, I think from about verse 35, thereabout. That was after, remember they were at that dinner, that last dinner, and when Judas Iscariot rose up, and Jesus said, that which you do, go and do it. And he rose up to go and betray Jesus. From that point, in John 13, John 14, John 15, John 16, John 17, Jesus gave his last message, the very last thoughts that he had for the church. By the time they got into John 18, Judas was back, and they came and took Jesus away. So John 13, from, middle, from the middle of it, 14, 15, 16, 17, are uh, the last words of Jesus to the church. And I said to myself, if he knew he was going to die, he's not talking about things that were not important. Whatever he was talking about in those chapters, they are critical. Anybody agree with me? They're important. I'm, I'm taking time, I'm actually considering maybe I'll spend some time in January just to deal with, break it down, what was important on the mind of Jesus. But we'll read a number of those things that he said today. Let's begin from John 14, from verse 15. We're talking today about God in us. Everybody say with me, God is in me. That is, that is where we are today. If there is, you know, sometimes some bad things will happen. And at the end of the day, you say, oh, there is something good that we can take out of that bad thing. Listen to me. The fact that Adam committed sin and was broken away from God, it was really bad. Brought a lot of cal calamity to humankind. And a lot of it is still in the world today. But if there was anything good that came out of it, is that God now came to dwell inside man. <laughs> God in us. That's what I'm talking about this afternoon. John 14 from verse 15. John chapter 14. Everybody turn your Bibles. I want us to read these scriptures. We'll read a number of them. I'll make a few comments here and there, and then we're ready to pray. John chapter 14. Jesus was speaking. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may, everybody say with me, abide with you. Abide. Everybody say that out loud, abide with you. Abide. <laughs> and he will abide with you forever. Jesus was saying, I'm going to pray, I'm going to ask the Father, he will give you another comforter. That other comforter is going to abide with you and is going to abide with you forever. He says in verse 17, he says, this other comforter is the spirit of truth. He says, whom the world cannot receive. Remember I was saying to us a few minutes ago that anything else that we make very important, uh, money, I have a wife, I have children, I have this, I have that, people that don't know Jesus can have them. This is something here that the world cannot receive. This is something here that was worth going to the cross for. Jesus was saying, I'll send you the spirit of truth. The world cannot receive him because the world cannot see him. The world cannot know him. He says, but you know him. Why do you know him? He says, for he dwells with you. <laughs> but to really get to where we're going, look at the end of verse 17, everybody. He says, and shall beware. Talk to me, everybody, shall beware. I'm trying to teach us this afternoon that he's not just with us. He's with us, 
but much more than being with us, it shall be in. <laughs> Jesus said in verse 18, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. <laughs> Remember I'm saying to us, this saved man, somebody who gave himself to, to his life to Jesus, you can't make reference to him alone. There is no such thing as, as no such thing as him by himself. He says the spirit of truth. The, it's a dividing factor. The world can receive him. He will be with you, and, but he will also be in you. Somebody say with me, the spirit of God, my comforter, is with me. Not only is he with me, he is in me. <laughs> Make sure you understand that. Revelation 3, verse 20. Let's go and read it, and then we'll come back and continue to read in John 14. Revelation 3, verse 20. Listen to the words of Jesus here. We use these words to preach the gospel to the unsaved, but we don't really look at it properly. Look at what Jesus said. He said, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door. Is there anybody here this afternoon that has opened the door of their hearts to Jesus? <laughs> this is talking about you. <clears throat> it says, if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him. And I will sup with him and he with me. Are you seeing something there? Talk to me. Are you seeing something there? Are you seeing a union there? He says, I'm not talking about, I just want to be this Jesus that they come to and pray to in the church. He says, if anybody opens the door, what I will do is, I will come in. And then I will shop with him, and he will shop. We will have fellowship together. I will come and dwell in him. Go back to John. We read as far as verse 18. Let's continue in verse 19. John chapter 14. We're reading the scriptures today. I hope they will make some sense to you. That you rise up from here and see, mm, I'm not alone. Really. John 14 from verse 19, Jesus will continue to speak. He said, yet a little while and the world sees me no more. He's preparing them that he's going. He says, but even though the world does not see me anymore because I will no longer continue to walk on the streets of Galilee, I will no longer be this man with long hair or whatever picture they've shown us of him walking around. He says, they won't see me anymore, but you will continue to see me. Are you seeing something there? Why would they continue to see him? He answered the question. He said, because I live, you shall do what? How can he make such a statement? Unless we are intricately connected, intermingled in a way that you can't take me out of him, you can't take him out of me. He says, if he is living, that I am living. The, the, the way I think about it is, say your, your, your battery is dead of your car. And then you bring another car and that car has good battery and you park it next to it. And then you say, okay, because this battery is alive, that one is also alive. Does that work? Does that work, people? You will take a jumper cable and you will connect here and then you connect there and suddenly, because this one is alive, this one also does what? Talk to me, everybody. The only way that this can be alive, because this is alive, is if they are intricately linked together. And Jesus said to us, he says, if you open the door, I will come. And if I come, because I live, you will live. 
talk to me, everybody. You can see this afternoon, if you understand what I'm talking about, if the world comes to you and says you are down, you are sick, you are a failure, no, uh-uh, uh-uh. That battery says, as long as there is the jumper cable connecting me to that one, I am not dead. If we understood properly the, the intricate link between us and Jesus, it lives in us, you will not accept anything that makes you different from him. So Jesus looked at them. He said, for the people of this world, the only way they've known me is they've known me after the flesh. They know Jesus lives there, there in that house. He's the son of Joseph, the son of Mary. He says, I'm going to go. Suddenly, they will not be able to see me anymore because the only way they could see me was in the physical. He says, but you will continue to see me because... I'm inside you. Because I live, you live. My friends, these are powerful scriptures. Let's continue to read this. Verse 20, John 14, verse 20. Uh, This one is one that gets me. And I think I was sharing this with us earlier this year. He says, Jesus said, at that day, and this is the day we live in today, at that day, you shall know that I am in the Father I want you to picture it. Just picture what he's talking about here. It's Jesus said, I, I am in the Father. Okay, I can see that. And you are in me. So if you are in me and I am in the Father, it means you are also in the Father. Isn't it? But then he goes on to say, not only are you in me, I am in you. He's trying to paint this picture here. Really, when we get to it, you can't speak independently of any one of us anymore. I don't know if you understand what I'm talking about here. There's such excitement in my spirit when I sit down and I read the scriptures. There is a sense of dominion that rises that is beyond what my hands can do. Because I understand here, because I'm in him, he's in me. You can't separate. If you can beat him down, then you can beat me down. But if you can't beat him down, you can't beat me down. That's the mentality of the New Testament Christian, verse 21. The Bible says, even as, I, I, I encourage you, go back to verse 20 there, John 14, verse 20, and just meditate in it. Just stay there, meditate in it. It will become very big inside you. Verse 21, the Bible says, He that has my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and, verse 21, and I will manifest myself through him. Understand his discussion here. He says, and I will manifest myself to him. So one of the disciples stopped him and said, ah, this is becoming much. You remember, he's teaching them. He's talking to them. All these things here. Then verse 22, Judas said unto him, not Iscariot, another Judas, said unto him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself unto us and not unto the world? Another thing here that the world cannot have. So he was asking Jesus and said, ah, how are you going to be able to do it that we will see you and they can see you? Remember, if, if, I, if, for example, I come this morning and I say on that wall right there, I can see Jesus is Lord written on it. And then I ask all of you, who can see it? Then somebody says, I can see it. Because the person is thinking, ah, a person can see it. I should almost be. So this man is asking here, he said, how are you going to do it? That they can see you and we can see you and they can see you. Then Jesus in verse 23 said unto him, if a man love me, he will keep my words. And my father will love him. This is his answer to the question. And we will come to him, me and my father. We will come to the man and what are we going to do with him? will make our abode with him. His answer to the question of how is it going to be that we can see you, the world can see you, was this. What will happen is this. The father and I 
we will love him, we will come to him, and we will make our abode with him. Can I ask you a question? Based on the scriptures we are reading this afternoon, where does God live? <laughs> we think about God in heaven. If I want to pray a very powerful prayer in this place this afternoon, I will start and say, Almighty God in heaven. And everybody will be like, yeah, let him come from heaven. But Jesus taught us. He said, look, the reason that the world will not be able to see me, but you will be able to see me, is that my father and I, we will come and we will make our abode with you. (laughs) John 15. Everybody flip your Bibles over. John chapter 15. I'm reading scriptures today to you to make you, bring you to a place of revelation. God in us. Let's say it one more time. God in us. John 15, these are not my words, these are the words of Jesus himself. His very last message to the church, this is what he chose to speak about. He said in John chapter 15, reading from verse 4, from verse 4, he said, abide in me and I in you. He's talking to them. You abide in me, I will abide in you. By now, these things are becoming so common. I in you. He said, I, I am in you, not just with you. You abide inside me, I will abide inside you. We're so mixed up together. It says, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can you, except you, abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me, and I in him. I mean, we can deal with, we've been used to abide in Christ. But I'm adding to it. No, not only do we abide in him, he abides in us. He said, he says, he abided in me and I in him, in verse 5, the same brings forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If any man, in verse 6, abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are born. This is talking about Christians, the majority of Christians today, they are church people, but they are cast out. They are not intricately linked together. He says in verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you will and it shall be done to you. No, more, no wonder many prayers go unanswered. Jesus said here, for answers to prayers, you will abide in me. My words will abide in you. Then you will ask what you will because now your will will actually be my will. Because there's no separation between us. You are me, I am you. There is no independent reference to any of you. We are together. My will is your will. We are all mixed up together. So you'll ask what you will, but because what you will is what I will, anything you ask shall be done. Am I making sense to somebody this afternoon? John 17. Flip over to 17. John chapter 17. Let's read three verses there. Verse 21. John, we read in 14, read in 15. In 16, he actually dealt with the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Then in 17 here, in verse 21, let's read John 17 from 21. Jesus is still talking. He said that they, he was now talking to God. He says that they all, talking about you and I, that they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee. That they also may be one in us. Did you read what I read? Jesus is talking to God, and he said, God, I want you that this, my children, that they also, all of them will be one, as you, Father, you are inside me, and I'm inside you. He said, but I want also that this, my children, they will also come and be one in us. Who is the us there? 
The Father and Jesus, they already won. Jesus is now saying, I want my children to also come and join this confederate and let us be all one together. If God gives you a revelation of this, you will never fear anything again in your life. <laughs> it says that we, all of us just mixed up together. It says that the world may believe that you have sent me. It says in verse 22, and the glory which thou givest me, I have given to them. Because as a jumper cable connecting us, as I live, they live. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, look at verse 23. I in them, thou in me, that they may be perfect in one. And that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and you have loved them as you have loved me. You can't find, we're trying to find, where is the dividing line here? We can't find. It's all mixed together. Colossians 1, verse 26. I'm going towards where, where, I, where I want to close this today. Colossians 1, verse 26. If you understood anything this afternoon, can you give me an amen? amen. Actually, my heart desire is to be able to bring us to a place of revelation. A place where light shines and you suddenly see. Colossians 1, verse 26. Look at this. It says, even the mystery, Paul was writing here, Jesus had said all that he said, and he had gone. And Paul was now breaking things down. And sometimes it sounds as if when Paul is breaking it down, it makes it even more complex. He says, even the mystery, he says there is this mystery. A mystery is something that not everybody knows. It's clouded in the minds of people. He says there is a mystery that has been hid from the ages and from generations. But that mystery is now being made manifest to his saints. How many people would like to know that kind of mystery? You like to know it or not? I, I like to know it. He said, this thing, from the ages, it has been hidden. But we have now come to a point where God has decided to open it to everybody. What is that mystery? Look at verse 27. It says, to whom God will make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery. This mystery we're talking about among the Gentiles. What is that mystery? It says, that mystery is this. Christ in you. I said, Christ in you. <laughs> That's the place of glory. If the devil can make the church celebrate any other thing apart from the Christ in us, it takes us away from the hope of glory. Let me now begin to get to this. Listen to me. The search for your destiny, the search for your purpose, the search for your glory must now be directed inside. I don't know if you understand me. <laughs> Everything required for your purpose, listen to this, every resource that you require for your purpose, for your destiny, for your glory, they are inside you. Because they are, they are hinged on the mystery of Christ in you. That's the place of the hope of your glory. No wonder Satan has been able to get the church to a place where nobody, we, we, the revelation and the mystery of Christ in us has been lost to us. And that's the place of our glory. <laughs> Listen to this as I take this further today. You need to change your focus and your emphasis from outside to inside. In this kingdom, in this kingdom, the direction of flow of anything is from inside out, not outside in. In this kingdom, the direction of flow of anything 
is from inside out, not outside in. That's a major reorientation we need to do to ourselves. For most Christians, if they are thinking of, say, if they are thinking of the anointing, our, our thought about the anointing is always, um, let there be some man of God, some big man of God somewhere, let him lay hands on me, and then the anointing will come. Let me go to an anointed service, then let, let the Holy Spirit come in that service, and then the anointing will come. So we're generally thinking outside in. I want you to begin to look this morning. The hope of glory of your life is on the mystery of Christ inside you. The direction of flow, my friends, the river of the flow of your anointing is flowing from inside out. Actually, in the New Testament, when Paul was laying hands, for example, he said, Paul said this to Timothy. He said, when I laid hands on you, what I did was to impart something into you. Your job now, Timothy, is to stir up what is inside you. Are you understanding what I'm talking about today? So, if, for example, we finish this service and there is room for me to pray for the sick and there is liberty for me to lay hands upon the sick, what am I looking for? When I lay hands on you, I'm looking for a connection between the river that I bring and the river that is flowing from inside you. The flow, my friends, is from inside out. So, if I'm going to improve my life, I will improve from inside out out with the revelation of Christ in me. Remember I'm saying to us, your human spirit is made like God, is perfect like God. You gave your life to Jesus. The Holy Spirit of God, the Spirit of the Son has come to dwell in you. Jesus said my father and I will take our abode, will come and dwell in him. So inside you, when you speak about you, the inner man inside you, my God, how much is in there? And I'm not just trying to speak in a way that to, to entice you or make you feel oh really good. I'm talking about the power of scriptures this morning. Inside you, there's a dynamite of the fullness of the glory of God. Christ in you, the hope of glory. <laughs> Listen to Proverbs 4, verse 23. I'll read to you from the New International Reader's Version. It says, above everything else, guard your heart. It is where your life flows from. <laughs> he said, above everything else, guard your heart. Inside there. <laughs> he says, that is where the flow is from there. Remember, I'm saying in this kingdom, the direction of flow is from inside out. If you didn't understand anything, if you didn't hear anything today, please remember that you, to hear this one, to understand this one, to begin to think about it, the direction of flow, your promotion is inside you. Oh, I don't have the time anymore this morning. I would have been able to show you from scriptures that actually your healing is inside you. Someone says, Pastor, I'm struggling with sin. Sin is there. And then we come. We give you rules. Don't do this. Don't do that. I tell you this afternoon, your liberty and your freedom from the old of sin and iniquity is inside you. <laughs> the Bible says we, through the spirit inside us, we mortify the deeds of the body. We rule from inside. <sighs> In this kingdom, my friends, we win from within. If we become a church and a Christian people who there's not so much of reflection to the inside, it's all about the jamboree on the outside, Satan can keep us where we are. But if we begin to focus on the man on the inside, the God that is in me, and I begin to spend some attention and focus some light there and begin to get some of that to flow out, ah, oh, 
will begin to win like never before. This world begins to submit to us. Let me read a couple of scriptures to us. So I begin to wrap this up. A number of things here, but I don't have the time. But I can say to you, literally, as a child of God, you are never alone. Literally. If you see what I'm talking about this morning, see the scriptures I've read to you all this morning, literally, you are never alone. If I ask in church today, how many people are in trouble right now? There are many people that are in trouble. There are many people that have things going on in their lives that don't look like what should be this morning. But can I tell you, if you are in trouble, God is in trouble. <laughs> I said, if you are in trouble, God is in trouble. Because I carry him. The mystery that has been hid from the ages, but now revealed to us, is Christ in us. <laughs> oh, that's the hope of glory. Ephesians 3, let me read as my last scripture, maybe last but one. Sorry. Ephesians 3, let's go and read from verse 14. It said, literally, you are never alone. You're never, 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 never alone. I wanted us to pray a little bit today. Time is gone, but I'll still have us just, just, just tear up ourselves a little bit. Ephesians chapter 3, from verse 14. Somebody say, God in us. It says in verse 14, Ephesians chapter 3, it says, for this cause, Paul is speaking here, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ of whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named, that he will grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might, to be strengthened with might by his spirit. Where? Strengthened by, strengthened with what? Talk to me, strengthened with what? By who? Where is it taking place? So he's bringing all of the supplies, all of the might of heaven. How strong are you? Is the question here. He says he's bringing, he, 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 according to the riches of God's glory, he's bringing the fullness of the strength of the might of heaven. The spirit of God is doing it not from outside. He's doing it inside you. Listen to verse 17. It says that Christ may dwell where? Uh, talk to me everybody. That Christ may dwell where? That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. That ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may, may be able to apprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height. And to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. That's one of those things in the Bible. It says you will know it, but it says it passes knowledge. <laughs> How can you know it if it passes knowledge? Because you are not a man. He says, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. That's the question Judas was asking. He says, how is it going to be that we will know it and other people can't know it? <laughs> That's what we're talking about here. He says, you will know it, even though other people cannot know it. He says, that you might be filled with what? I don't think you've ever read that scripture before. I know you've read it, but I don't think you've read it. Ephesians 3 verse 19. Ephesians 3 verse 20 is powerful. We use it in prayer. But the foundation for Ephesians 3 verse 20 is in verse 19. It says that you and I may be full of what? Full, we are full with the fullness. Ah. (laughs) 
the Spirit of God teaches church. It says that you, you are full with the fullness of God. Not some of God. Remember I was saying to us that your, your recreated in my spirit is full like God. That's where I'm taking that from. It's full like God. <laughs> it's mature like God. It's, it's perfect. It's powerful like God. He says that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Then he goes into verse 20. He says, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think. According to which power? Walking where? Ah. The workings of God in the life of his children, they are from inside. It says, according to the power that walketh in us. I, I came to change your posture from to today. I said this to us, I think, about four weeks ago. I was talking about this same thing last weekend in Liberia. I spent Saturday morning. I had time Saturday morning, Saturday evening, Sunday morning, speaking about these things. I saw such, such. The atmosphere in the room felt like, like when you bring empty sponge, you know, sponge, and you just begin to pour water. And it's just soaking it in. Sometimes when I'm here, you people are looking at me like, yeah, we've heard that before. We've heard that before. Now that's the look on your face. We know that pastor, okay, go on, go on, come on, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> but the people were talking about this. I said to them what I said to you before. I said, in the construct of man, in how God made man, praying in tongues a lot makes the human spirit come into ascendancy. Some of you remember that. <laughs> it will, it, it, when, the, because the question you should be asking is if all this that you're talking about is inside me why does my life look like it looks why, is, why are things like this it is simple what is inside us is not finding freedom of flow to the outside and so when we begin to focus inside praying tongues a lot the human spirit within you that you cannot separate from the Holy Spirit, you can't separate from the Jesus, you can't separate from God, they abide, I in you, you in them, I in us, all of us mixed up together, they now begin to find expression. Praying in tongues a lot, you will find, my friends, will bring that inner man into ascendancy. And life will begin to flow. Remember that scripture in Proverbs 4.23, it says you guard your heart, for out of there are the forces, the issues of life are coming from there. If your spirit has his way, you cannot fail in life. If your spirit has his way, you cannot. No, not possible that you fail in life. What do I want us to pray? Just a few minutes before I let us go this afternoon. It's the prayer of Jesus in John chapter 7. Because the Bible says in John chapter 7 that Jesus, on that last day of the feast, the Bible says he cried and he said, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and let him come and drink. I invite you to come and drink today. I invite you to come and drink. <laughs> Jesus said to them, John chapter 7 verse 38, 
He said, he that believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly. Somebody say with me, out of his belly. That's your innermost being. That's what he's talking about, not your stomach. Out of his belly, out of your innermost being, will begin to flow rivers of living water. If there's anything dead in your life, it only needs to come in touch with rivers of living water. But what, where do the rivers of living water, where do they flow from? Out of your belly. <laughs> Bible says in verse 38, when Jesus was making reference to this, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Verse 39, John 7, 39. It says, by this, Jesus was speaking of the Spirit, which they that would believe on him should receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Out of your belly. Out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. There's something that I had never, I had never said before that I found coming out of my mouth. You no, know, there's some things you think about. There's some things that come out. It was on Saturday evening last weekend. As we then finished and we began to pray, we began to pray. We don't have that much time today, but we had time, we, we prayed and then we began to pray, began to pray. At a point, I found myself saying this, that I had to go think about myself afterwards. I said, when I was talking to them about that scripture, I said, out of your belly, rivers are flowing. Everybody pray in the spirit. Your rivers are flowing. Stir up your river, stir up your river. And then at the point, I began to find myself saying this. I said, my river is mixing with your river. I was saying to them, and because of that, healing is flowing in this place. I said, my river is overflowing and it's mixing with your river. And at that point, there was such grace in the room. I also just pray a little bit this afternoon and just stir up yourself. If you really understood me, you will go back and read these things again. <laughs> you will go back and read these things. And let, let, let this idea form inside you. I, you, in them, I, in us, all just mixed up together. Because you are sons. He has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Thank you for listening to this message. Please hit the subscribe button to be notified of new episodes. For questions, please send an email to Pastor Mo at thestonechurchberlin.com. God bless you.